welcome to the first LinkedIn Live episode of the Corporate Escapee Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Trainer. Today's guest is Diana Martinez. She is a recent corporate escapee after spending 15 plus years in the corporate world, primarily doing program management in the healthcare space. I wanted to have Diana on the podcast today because she's just getting started, and I do like to share stories of escapees at different stages in their journey. What really caught my attention when we first chatted is she mentioned that she has a business that we'll get into is consulting or fractional, we'll discuss that, but doesn't have a website or a name for her business yet, which is awesome. So we'll also get into that. Diana, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Brett. Now, my pleasure. So I said, it's super interesting. I love these types of stories of, hey, let's just go and we'll figure it out. And I know it wasn't quite that simple. So um, one, I because I spent a little bit of time in management consulting, I know what program management is. So maybe with the audience, just give a little bit of background on, you know, kind of what a program management is, project management, what you were doing, and then we'll get into uh, the escape story. <laughs> okay, perfect. I guess I'll start. I'll do it quickly. We'll start at the beginning. So I'm an engineer by background. So I have my master's in engineering. So I went right into research and development and I thought I was going to be an engineer. It was not cut out for me. <laughs> so I quickly started just running projects. So I would be managing the engineers as we went through product development. So as a project manager, you're really responsible for setting schedules and doing the financials and budgeting and resourcing and really making sure that you're bringing a product from you know the initial idea with your customer all the way to market so that we're releasing med devices you know to the field and using them in you know the OR or wherever so i went right into project management probably 6 months into my career so i'm 21 years old doing project management and it just it felt right and i grew from there so Project managers, you know, spend their days running the individual projects. So you have one product you're bringing, you have one team you're working with, and you're really mentoring them through the process of development. And then as I grew, I took on more of a program management where you would have multiple projects going or a business unit that you're running. And it's really quite similar, but now you're focusing on the big picture of what you're trying to bring. So before I escaped, <laughs> right before I came out, um, I was the head of the PMO for Philips um, in their MRI patient monitoring. And it was really my job to look at all the projects from research and development, what we're bringing to market, things that we're already supporting, and figure out where are we going to put our dollars, where are we going to put our people, and how do we grow our business? So I transferred from them. I went on um, a company that I had worked for in the past, reached out to help do the same thing there. Um, so I was living that world. I was running other people's things for them um, right. before I ended up here. And interesting, and just for the the record too. I mean, I have a appreciation for the work you do, and and project project leads, project managers for sure, but program managers even more so because that is not my my cup of tea, right? <laughs> I need somebody like you that helps me manage the specific details, and yeah. there's not that many people that do that really well, right? I mean, going back to my. Uh, management consulting, right? that's one of the things that our firm did well was the project management to help companies, but internally it's really hard. So I can see where the opportunity lies for you to go solo and provide this type of support to other companies. So, but before we get into to, to that piece, so 
you're living in your corporate world. Things are going just, were you unhappy at the time when you were in there? Was there any, did you have, were you a sense of, Hey, what's, what's next for me? Or kind of walk us through that, that tipping point or even leading up to the tipping point of of making the jump. I think when I first started, I was so enamored by it all of there was so much you could learn and do when you were working with people that you would never meet on the streets, you know? Um, So I think in the beginning, I had this crazy drive to really learn everything and see what I could see. And, you know, there's that financial sort of responsibility. That's a pressure you gotta, you gotta make a living. So, you know, I think in the beginning, I was really excited about being in the corporate world. And, you know, I got picked up from college before I even graduated. Johnson & Johnson was on site. They interviewed a bunch of students and I had a job before I left. So it was very easy to say, I'm going to be corporate forever. You know, this is right, right, right. Um, It's not easy (laughs) at the time at 21. Um, So they're like probably the first 10 years I was climbing the ladder and doing more and learning more. And I always knew I wanted to be a leader. That was something I was super passionate about. I wanted to mentor younger people and allow them to experience their career the way that I was. And I was loving it. But what I found as I sort of grew to the next level and to the next level, now I'm with those leaders. And you really go in feeling like I'm going to make a change. I'm going to be able to change how leadership responds to fires. I'm going to be able to change how leadership responds to their teams. You know, you're going to have this impact because when you're in the team level, you can have that big impact. My team members were constantly coming with me, working with me. We were just really taking over. But then once you get to the leadership levels, I was finding more and more your influence is less and less, and the culture of the corporation runs the show, not the best idea, not um, the best for the teams. It's very, it's a business. It's yeah. what works for the money, what's going to make us grow. And that comes before and, anything. And politics too, right? I'm sure you experienced a little bit of that. <laughs> oh, tons, all over the place. And again, naive me, I'm like, I can change that. You can, you know, you can influence over a long period of time, but I found the higher I got and the more I advanced my career, the less fulfilled I was. I was spending less time mentoring people and teaching people and working with people and more time negotiating and playing politics and having to run things the way that didn't feel good to me. I'm so leading up to probably the last two or three years, I really started questioning, is this the space for me. I know I love doing what I do, but am I doing it in the right environment? Am I in the right space? Because it just didn't feel like me anymore. Exactly. So, all right. So it's one thing, because I think we all felt, I definitely felt that way, but then it's another thing to actually go, right? So one, kudos to you for doing it, which is is fantastic. And the purpose of this podcast Mm -hmm. is how do we get more people that aren't fulfilled or enjoying corporate life anymore to see that there is a, a path forward. So, so from your frustration or saying, Hey, there's probably something more. Was there a big planning process? You said, Hey, I'm just going to go do this. What, what was, how did you, what was that time like? Oh, so this was a rough, my exit was rough. It was um, sort of planned, but not planned. Um, so I was, I got called back to this company that I said I had been working for before And I had these big ideas of what I was going to be able to do. And once I got there, sort of what I heard the role was about didn't align with what it really was, um, what I thought 
the culture was going to be, wasn't. And there was this big sort of micromanagement feel of we're just here to drive these people. And when I came in, you know, these are people I worked with before. So I already had rapport. I already, I care, I genuinely cared about these people. And to see them years later, so broken and not excited anymore. And now my job is to come in and break them a little more is what it felt like to me. Um, so because I'm a little bit older and a little more experienced, I was probably a little more vocal than I used to be of what they remembered of, here's Diana Martinez coming back. She's just going to do what I say. And that's not who I was anymore. You know, I, I wasn't okay just doing it anymore. So I probably was a bit of a brat for them <laughs> potentially. Um, you know, I, I didn't agree and I was vocal about it and I pushed back about it. And it got to the point where I was butting heads so much with the leaders around me that I think both sides knew it was a poor fit. Um, but it was one of those, you know, I just made this move. We'll have to make this work. It's corporate. You can't just leave, you know, so you feel like you owe them something. Um, but then I got pregnant and, um, you know, I was open about it from day one. I'm having, he's my fifth boy, third biologically. Wow, congratulations, boy. by the way. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I have a lot of boys around here. <clears throat> um, and so I was excited, you know, I was trying to wrap things up and leave and I knew things were not well, you know, we just weren't vibing amongst the leadership team and I could feel that. And for me, it was, I'm just going to take maternity leave. I'm going to reassess. And when I come back, we really need to find a way to make this work because I did feel we could be successful if we did the right things and we could come together in a way that suited their requirements and their needs, but also suited the team too. So I prepped to go on maternity leave and it was the day before I was to go out. I was having a scheduled C-section. So the day was picked and I got a call that evening um, from my then manager and she just said, you need to be on site. You know, they were up in Boston. I'm here in Florida. And it was an ultimatum. You either need to move your entire family, all five boys, <laughs> you know, move to Boston, or I'm going to take this as your resignation. And wow. I would be like, know, hell no. <laughs> yeah. My first response was like, what? You know, because we had talked about relocation from the beginning. I had wanted to move my yeah. family up there and it was not possible. And I kept communicating you know, there's a risk I can't. Um, so there was a little bit of probably disappointment on their side. They were hoping I would get up there eventually. But to be honest, even if I was on site, it wouldn't have resolved the conflict we were having. So I felt like this was a way to sever the relationship while having a reason to do so. So, you know, I'm sitting there about to have a C-section and I just lost my job. I don't, I don't have a backup plan. I had just started, you know, 10 months before or something, you know, so the decision was made for me, but I think it was also, I wouldn't have done it on my own. I think I would have been too scared. So they made it for me. And now I look back on it like, what a blessing. That was fantastic. Yeah. 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 The best thing that probably <laughs> happened to you, right? For sure. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So now <laughs> you knew this going into prior to having a baby, which I, again, I can't imagine the, the, the stress with that one. And two, 
you know, at, at that point, were you thinking, well, once I come off maternity or once things settle down a little bit, I'll start looking for another job? Or was that the point you knew you were going to try to go solo and, and, and build a build your own own career? How did you how, how was that unfolding? So that took so many twists and turns. Um, the first couple of weeks, it was clearly just having a baby and trying to survive that, um, which was a job. <laughs> um, and then after that, you know, my partner is super supportive and he has a fantastic career of his own. So we talked about like, does it make sense for a mom to just stay home now? You know, we've got five boys at the time, all eight or under, you know, like, God, God we bless have, you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so does it make sense? Does mom just stay home? Because what I do, I run my household the same way. We've got schedules, we've got menus, we've got, you know, this is planned. Um, you know, would it give mom more time to have the joyous parts of being with the family versus just the organizing parts of being with the family? And we set off to do that. We're like, you know what? I'm just going to stay home and I am going to love every minute. I'm going to be the one to pick my kids up from school. The baby's going to stay home with me. This is what we're going to do. And I think that lasted maybe three months. And I was like, mom's not cut out for this. You know, I I have these big dreams and these visions of things that fulfill me personally. I love mommy. I want to do that. I want to be here at three o'clock but I need something. I need something during the day. Um, and then I had an old friend and colleague of mine who just called out of the blue. So now we're in July, you know, I'm six months into being home and figuring out what I want to do. She was like, I just need a program manager or a COO, but just fractionally, like I need some help. I need some operational help. I need to set up some processes, maybe automate some stuff. I know you're not working, but is there anybody you know that could help me? And it was just this instant, like, I can't. Right. Light bulb went off. (laughs) And it was great because she's a mom. She knows what it's like. She started her business for the same reasons, to be a fully balanced life. And so she got it right away. I'll put in the time, but it's from nine to three because I got babies, (laughs) you know? Um, So it just... It just happened. And I think within a week, I signed the paperwork and I was 1099 under my own name as a fractional COO for her law firm. That's fantastic. And and that's you love it. A lot, I think a lot of these stories do start, I wouldn't call it accidentally. I think it was fate that it was heading down this path. Um, but now as you think about that and well, two things. First, I want to talk on because you talk about balance and I talk about that all the time. And what when I started down this corporate escapee path, what really kind of surprised me is I thought, well, most people doing it, it's going to be financially motivated, right? They want to do it. But I'd say 95%, it's about finding that balance, right? It's the flexibility, the freedom. And then, of course, you need the financial independence to take care of the other two Fs, as, as we say. But yeah, balance is so important. And now you put the work hours in when you need to, but yet still the the flexibility. So with that being said, one, I've said 100% agree with you with the balance. And that's been, you know, a changer for me. And I'm like, because I've even shared that when I was in corporate, I didn't realize how unhappy I was at the end of it. Um, my wife and I were talking about the other day. She's like, man, what was the matter with you back then? And I was in it. So I didn't really, it didn't seem like I was that unhappy. But in hindsight, I'm like, wow, it's just a, a different world. Yeah, I mean, you still get stress. It's still hard. So it's not that, but but you can control it. So what I want to ask, and I don't know if there's a good answer to going back, if you had thought 
maybe a year ago that, hey, I'm thinking maybe solo is the way to go. And what I'm trying to think of is people in the audience that are stuck in this job, that are frustrated, so they don't have to be um, reactionary in it. What what could you have done maybe to help prep yourself, you know, for that process? I know I didn't we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but I'm just kind of curious as you were talking through it, right? The things worked and you're very organized, so it made sense. But is there some things you would have done to maybe prepare yourself to hit the ground even more running in that Absolutely. case? I think for me, the biggest difference in working for myself now is when I work for somebody else, there is this mentality of, of delivery. You know, I have to give you a schedule. I have to give you a budget. I have to set your goals. We have to have a plan to achieve them. And it's very methodical. And when you work for yourself and you set your own hours and you choose your own clients and what you get to do, there's this creative beauty in all of it that is super fulfilling but I think the one thing I would have done is structured my path and structured my, you know, getting here the way I would have for a client. Um, if I was at that time saying, okay, I'm starting on my own, I would have put a business plan in place. I would have set milestones. I would have done specific activities to get there. You know, so here I am and, and we joke about it. I have no name. I have no website and I'm just doing it, which you know, thank God it's working and that's wonderful. But if I would have set myself up for less stress, I would have planned these things out. Yeah. Which makes sense again, with your background and getting to know you a little bit, Yeah, <laughs> not, not surprised at all. But I mean, I think, I think your path is, is really, really common, right? I mean, I yeah. kind of went down the same way and I would say again, 80% of the folks, what we start doing. So when I left, I started consulting. So basically I was doing what I was doing in the management consulting firm, but just now on my own. Mm -hmm. But over time and starting to learn, I realized eh, that's not exactly, it wasn't giving me the fulfillment or the balance. It wasn't the type of work or the clients that I was necessarily looking for. And it kind of evolved into fractional and now into what I'm doing with the podcast and, and some of the coaching pieces of it. It's, and that's okay, right? It's, it, you just yeah. get the, get the momentum going, which, yeah. you, which you did. And I'm guessing your project and program management experience helped you think about how to structure a contract or a deal with your first, um, your first uh, 1099 deal, right? So yeah. you had a pretty good idea of how this is, is going to work, which a lot of people don't. So maybe share how, how you thought about that when she said, hey, I need part-time. But were you thinking this is going to be project-based or retainer-based or mm -hmm. whether this could just kind of walk us through what your thought process was, or maybe there was news, just yeah. this is the way it's going to be. I'm just kind of curious how you, how you, yeah. you went through that, that piece of it. Yeah. So um, I went in not knowing what to expect and I didn't have an idea of this is what I want to ask for. It just was a lot more organic for us. And I think for her and where she was in the growth of her firm, it was, you know, I need somebody part-time. So I just need a retainer of hours. I just need a certain set of hours for you to come in and really start tackling these projects, you know, under the thing. At the time it was, I know things need to be done, but I don't know what, like, I need you to help me figure out what and then do it. Um, so the agreement was hour based. So like a retainer of this many hours, you know, over the course of the month to tackle these sorts of things. So the agreements and the contracts and stuff going into it just naturally evolved quite simply because a retainer is much easier to than milestone based projects. You have to be a lot more detailed. So um, that first one, it, it just went pretty easy. 
Um, and it's still working. We're still working together now, you know, from July till where are we January. So we're six months in and I'm still with that same client and we're still doing awesome things. Awesome. Yeah. Now in, in hindsight, because one of the things that's, it's interesting, I had John Arms on the podcast. I think he goes live next week or by the time this comes out, his will be live. Yeah. And he runs a fractional community now, right? So mm-hmm. anything, I think they started as CMOs. He is a fractional CMO still in addition to running this. And so I got into the, the same questions because even as I was going through the process, right, is it, mm-hmm. is it project-based? Is it retainer? And the, yeah. the client wants to go straight to hours, but again, we don't necessarily want to trade the hours for the time. And, yeah. you know, so he gave me some pretty good advice or the audience pretty good advice that so if it is, it's outcome-based, right? And if mm-hmm. you build the relationship with the client, then you know on any given month that this is what we're going to be able to accomplish. It's, it's fractional. And if you look at what you're billing on a monthly basis, Right. It's going to be a lot less than what it would cost to bring you, Diana, in full time. Right. And because I'm sure, I mean, at some point, you're probably not going to want to track hours anymore. The client doesn't probably trust you not to do that. So I think as it moves forward, that was one of my breakthrough moments because it was first, I'm like, well, how are they going to, they'll never hire me unless I tell them how many hours I'm going to work. And which I found not the case. They just want to make sure the work's getting done. Right. So if you uh, agree and align on what we're doing the next month or the next two months, then it starts to move. It moves pretty well, right? Yeah, I. So my experience there, it it, it helped us that we had known each other um, from the past. So there was already a built-in trust system there. Um, but the lesson I learned here is definitely, you know, we had talked about her goals, but we hadn't set specific outcomes. You know, at the okay. time that I came in, she didn't even know which processes she wanted me to start with. Just fix them. And so there was a lot of me getting integrated and feeling out like, okay, is this one more important or that one more important? And as we started tackling them, I knew the outcome was spend less time doing these things. Help me spend less time here. We didn't set the outcome. We didn't specifically say these are the metrics, these are the goals. So a lot of times I got to an endpoint. I'm like, this is great. Here you go. But with her experience in law, it was, well, we can't do it that way. They have to be separated. We can't do that. You know, and I didn't know these things. So I think a lot of it was learning as we went and now going into my next client and clients to come, I'm much better at detailing. Okay. This is the end result. These are the requirements of that need to be met so that we can get to results and success faster. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And it make it makes sense too. Cause I think Again, my, I keep going back to my management consulting, but they're used to working with those types of arrangements and statements of work and those right. types of things. But then when I started working with smaller companies, they have no right. idea, right? Yeah. And, and they, it, you got to be able to articulate the value of yeah. what you do and how you can do it fairly quickly. And I think you're, you're right, because I think even I'm thinking back to my fractional engagements. Now, they all started with an assessment period, which I hate to call that, but mm-hmm. it's almost like a, a paid discovery because both of us don't know. We don't know until right. we get in there. But so I do try to put some outcomes based on what that that time spent's going to look like. So they're not feeling like, oh, you're just going to come and look around and tell me what I'm already bad at. I already know that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, so, but again, it takes the, the, the learning process. And the other thing you talked about now with uh, you already had the relationship and I think that's what people need to understand. Most of the folks that are in corporate for 15, 20, 25 years have a lot of relationships with folks. And most of your business, if not all your business, is going to be built from that network. 
Um, don't be surprised. They are people that will call on you. And then you'll start to get the referrals, right? You do well with one, then somebody else is going to refer you. And, you know, to get where you want to go, and again, seven figures may not be your goal, but you probably only need eight, nine, 10 clients if you want to take on that many to, to actually get there. So I think that's one of the misconceptions folks have is you got to build this marketing machine and engine and you really don't if especially from a fractional it's good to build the relationships and get out there yeah but um to get those that balance that you're looking for it, it doesn't have to be that hard especially when, when you just shared the story of you know somebody running a law firm guarantee you weren't working together back in your healthcare days right, right. and so right um Super interesting. So, all right. So now you're you're into this, and it's. I know you're early, so I'm going to ask you kind of what's next. Are you just seeing where it's going? Have you started to plan? I know we need a company name at some point. You don't need to have all those things to get started, right? I think we we have all these limiting beliefs, and I was in that path, and now it's just trying to like educate more that you you don't have to have the perfect website with the perfect domain name and those types of things to get started to start billing and and building a business. So like I said, always have a plan. The plan can change. So, mm -hmm. you know, what's, what's your current plan? What are your goals? What are you trying to get to? And is it, how's it different than maybe what you're doing today? Yeah. So this has been the funnest part, I think for me is now that I know I'm going to do this, I get to do this planning and that's just, that's who I am. So this is fun for me. Um, but as I'm looking at it, you know, I have a lot of short-term goals of the actual stand-up picking the name, which we're close, and, and we will broadcast that. Um, so that's the, the, the administrative piece. You know, I got to pick the name. I got to register it. I have to get my tax number and like really stand it up as a business. Um, but really, my those are like these short-term, like I have to do. Those are not my like plan for this year. My plan for this year, honestly, is to keep doing a lot of what I'm doing now. And that's just working with people. And, and you mentioned the whole referral thing. You know, I started working for this woman because we've known each other from our past. And in working with her, I've met people, you know, her fractional CMO and other people that are helping her business. And now we've worked together and they're reaching out and be like, wow, I see what you're doing for the firm. Could you do that on my kind of business? And so those conversations start and, you know, people, I post more on LinkedIn now because I'm actually passionate about what I do. A lot of people think like you do it like, cause you have to market, but no, I'm like excited. Like I write things down because I just want to be like, well, I'm doing this, you know? Um, so people from my past that I didn't even know were off on their own are reaching out and be like, wow, you can do that. You know, should we talk? And then I have other corporate friends who I just had a couple of coffees, like virtual coffees with them Friday of saying, I want out. How do I do this? Help me get out of here. You know, because they're feeling unfulfilled. So, you know, I'm not in marketing. I'm not in sales. I'm not building a website to get clients. I'm just being open and I'm just sharing my journey with anybody who's interested and it's it's helping and it's not only helping me get more clients it's helping other people realize this is possible we can really do this so it's been such an interesting learning for me that as i set up my business plan moving forward i stopped thinking about i'm a fractional coo like that's what i'm doing today and that's great and i'll do that today but when i'm building this brand what am I doing? What am I trying to achieve? 
And so I'll share my vision statement. This will come out with everything else. But my vision for this business is to truly inspire the next generation of business owners and entrepreneurs to grow the business of their dreams, not just start the business of their dreams, but build it and live it and have the balance and the life and everything out there that's completely possible. So while I'm doing fractional COO stuff now, I honestly enjoy more the mentorship and I enjoy inspiring people and talking to people. And, you know, I picture masterclasses in the future and groups of, you know, entrepreneurs and business owners just helping each other and building each other and doing this. Like, let's just do this. So the operational work is there today, but that's not going to be the end for me. Yeah, which is awesome. And, and again, I think we we share that that same passion, right? Because when mm-hmm. I left corporate, it was thinking, all right, how do I help? Really, I was, it was focused on you know businesses get to the million dollar mark, and then how do we get them to the ten million dollar mark? Mm-hmm. And I really didn't realize how big the solo opportunity was, and how yeah. big you can grow a business just by yourself without employees. It doesn't have to be Google. It doesn't have to be Facebook. It doesn't have to be manufacturing. And it took me a little while to figure out that path. I was doing some mentoring with, you know, some startups, but again, everything was geared towards building a, a, a traditional business, right? Mm-hmm. Employees and products. Mm-hmm. And again, if that's the path you want to go, have at it. Hundred percent, we need people doing that, right? And if you love your corporate job and you are fulfilled and you like even more power to you and enjoy right. it. But I, but I think you're right. I think that what I, I joke is about the resistance, right? We're growing the, the escapees one at a time to say, Hey, we can build this future. The future is coming, whether we, we do it. So how do we get more people prepared to plug into what that, that world looks like? Because mm-hmm. again, the other interesting thing is, you know, your background tr- perfectly translates, but I'm not sure people would think, Oh, fractional program management. I'm like, oh my God, yes. Mid-market and small companies need this probably more than marketing so, and sales okay. in some cases. So, so that's the other thing I'm trying to get people to think of. Uh, you know, the one thing I say all the time is if somebody's paying you a salary to do a job, you have the experience and the expertise to go solo. Yep. You know, somebody will pay you to do that job at a different company and they just can't afford you full time. So you know, if you want to consult, do it. There's, there's paths forward. So, so like I said, I, I love your story and I know you're early on. So this year one, we'll, we'll keep an eye on and keep uh, watch as this thing progresses. But yeah, I mean, I think the plan is so important, right? It it can change, but you got to be driving. If you're not driving towards something, well, again, I'm, speaking to the uh the choir on this one because <laughs> driving programs you have to have a goal and an output that you're trying to get to but mm-hmm. but I do think that's where a lot of us don't plan right is is having what are we driving because if you're not planning or driving towards something it's really hard to to get there so yeah absolutely awesome well anything else what else any other advice that you should you think others should know i mean you talked about well the one thing is don't do it alone i love that you mentioned that right yes it's it's really hard and even if it's within a family or a partner or whatever the relationship you gotta have buy-in it (laughs) took my wife a couple years but now she's fully on board but when we were trying it there was more probably tension as it was, was starting to grow, but yeah, I mean, community is important and you can share your, your journey, right. And support. I think that's the other thing we can do is be much more supportive of each other. Yeah. I think 
For me, you touch on a lot of the biggest things that if I was giving advice to somebody who's in the same position I am or six months ago and they're thinking, gosh, am I going to do this? I think you touch on a big part of just support in general from leaning on other business owners, leaning on other people who have shared a similar journey, your family, your friends. I, you know, I have this fantastic partner. I mean, I'm raising five children. That alone is tough. And I have a partner where he loves it just as much as I do, you know, so he's just as involved in the family as he is his job. So I get to, you know, I'm not bogged down with so much housework and children's stuff because he's right there every step of the way. So his support at home supports my ability to have a business, to have the things that I love, you know, so whether it's friends or family or your network, finding those people who genuinely want to see you succeed, those people are invaluable in what we're doing. Um, so I think that support piece is the one big part of the advice. And then honestly, it's it's the confidence in yourself. Like you mentioned it, somebody's paying you to do this job already, you can do it on your own as well. And so for me, you know, I grew up with a lot of small business owners in my family. You know, I grew up in this lower middle class in you know, the outskirts of Maine, it's a tiny little town. So all the men in my family were, you know, hard labor. My dad is in his 60s and he's still running concrete and like doing these hard labor things. And so I watched that drive and I watched that hard work. But then I have, you know, the women in my family all own their own business. My mom ran a typesetting company virtually in the 90s. Like, who was doing that in the 90s? And then, you know, my grandmother is with a, a restaurant, my aunt with a restaurant and club. Like, this has been all around me. And my big thing all along was, but I'm different. I don't have anything to offer. I have school. I'm good at school. I'm good at working for other people. And I told myself my entire life, I don't have anything to offer. Now I'm looking around I'm like, you're a moron. <laughs> like, what were you <laughs> No, you're not alone in that, but you're right. It, that's why I think so many of us stay in corporate so long is because it's what we're supposed to do, right? It, nice. If you're not, or unless you're going to build a big company. And like I said, I had a, through my 30 years, there was a couple of exits where I tried the entrepreneurial thing, but then ended up coming back to, to mm -hmm. corporate because it was the safe and the thing, but yeah. eventually got to the point said, Never again, <laughs> right? Come hell or high water, it, it, it's 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 not going to happen. And um, you know, people always want to say work life balance, and when I try to get folks to say it, no, it's life, right? Mm -hmm. And you can design a career around your life that that makes sense. And again, if it's for you that it's nine to five, you want to separate it completely. You go to the office to commute home. If that works for you and your family, mm -hmm. perfect. More times than not, I see exactly what you're doing is how do we incorporate? We've got this family, you know, five boys, you know, two careers, you know, how do we build our life where we can support what we, we want to do with it? I know it's a mindset shift that mm -hmm. again, if we've been in corporate for a while, we've been conditioned certain ways, but, but I think you're, that's, that's awesome that you guys have been able to figure this out. I know you're still in process of oh, figuring yeah. <laughs> out, but you're doing it as, as a family and, you know, I, I, it was about three years ago, I had an author on Steve Glavesky wrote the book Time Rich, which was fantastic. And he was just talking about, he's like, look, before the Industrial Revolution, you know, life was what we did and we did was life, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you're a blacksmith or whatever. It was just part of who yeah. you were and it wasn't a separation of it. And so I think we're, we're definitely heading back into that. And yeah. the sooner you can find what you're 
one you're good at and two that energizes you and you can build that as part of it. it it's awesome. So mm-hmm. um, I, w- I do want to be respectful of your time and I do thank you so much for sharing your stories. Some folks are hesitant to do it this early in the process, but I thought the audience would get a lot of value from hearing from somebody that hasn't been out there that long. So we, we and I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much for having me. And I would love to continue to share the journey with you. I figure fail fast and fail publicly and keep going. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I don't think so. I think with fail, but pivot quickly if, if, yeah. it, if it's not working. But Absolutely. And so we know you don't have a website yet. So what is the best way for folks to... Uh, they want to connect with you and follow you, what's the best way for them to do that right yeah, now? Yeah. Finding me on LinkedIn is probably my biggest presence right now and the best way to professionally reach out. I will be standing up the business page here pretty quickly. So for now, you can find me under Diana Martinez. And uh, in the future, here's more to come. Awesome. And we'll link to it in the show notes so people can connect with you there. But uh, fantastic. Well, Diana, thank you. We, like I said, we will, we'll be doing a frequent update with you just because I think right, you're the, the blueprint for, for other folks that haven't made that jump yet. And I think it's inspirational. So congrats to you and to success so far. And like I said, a lot more to come. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it.